Hello, I'm Donovan Kane, and this is a short steamy excerpt from Deanna L. Rowley's book, Love Doesn't Exist. You can learn more about Deanna L. Rowley and her books by visiting steamystoriesforwomen.com. Make sure you stick around after the reading of the excerpt, and I'll be doing a short interview with the author. I hope you enjoy this short, steamy excerpt. Where's the bedroom? Through there to the inn. He indicated the doorway on the other side of the kitchen. Take a right at the end, go upstairs, hang a left, and it's the double set of doors at the end of the hallway, he said as he slowly stepped closer. Okay. Then she turned around and ran in the direction he'd pointed out. Stunned at first, Lance didn't catch on until he saw her run around the corner and pound up the stairs. As he ran after her, he didn't catch her until she had stopped outside his bedroom door. Is this closer? She grinned at him. Lance stopped directly in front of her, reached down, and with his palms, he cupped her jaw and brought her up for a kiss. The instant their tongues touched, it was hotter than it had been in the past. He moved one hand and cupped the back of her head. Not breaking the kiss, he reached down, opened the door, and walked her back into the room. He noted that there wasn't a light on, but there was enough light in the room from the setting sun. Is this light enough for you? Emma opened her eyes and glanced around the room. She nodded, then continued to kiss him. She pulled the shirt out of the waistband of his jeans and rubbed her hands up and down his muscles. Slow down. We have all the time in the world. I don't want our first time rushed. I know, but I get so impatient. That's why I think the self-gratification thing doesn't work. Lance chuckled and gave her a hard, quick kiss, then stepped back. He walked over to the bedside and turned on the bedside lamp, then turned on two others and stared at her. I don't need light. It's for me. I want to see all of you. Oh. Suddenly nervous, because he stood there and stared at her, Emma didn't know what to do. She lowered her head and twisted her fingers together as she waited for him to make the first move, hoping and praying that he did something soon before she chickened out. Emma, Lance commanded. She snapped her head up, dropped her hands to her sides and said, Yes, sir. Come here. She sauntered toward him, lowered her head, stood before him, and waited. Undress. Emma bent down and removed her shoes and socks. Her eyes were level with the bulge in front of her. She slowly licked her lips, because she knew what waited for her just on the other side of that zipper. Lance saw where she was looking, and when she licked her lips, he couldn't take it anymore. He whipped his T-shirt over his head, bent down, jerked his boots and socks off, then pulled Emma to her feet. He cupped the back of her head and pulled her up for a kiss. As his tongue touched hers, he got tingles that made him harder than ever before. Then he reached down and lifted her shirt, broke contact with her lips, and commanded, Arms up. Emma immediately raised her arms above her head while Lance lifted her shirt, taking her bra with it. 
Once the shirt cleared her arms, he tossed it into the corner. Emma lowered her arms. Lance commanded, No. He walked behind her, then bent her arms across her back with her hands clasping her elbows. Keep them like that. She became turned on more and more at his commands and the anticipation of what was going to happen next. She closed her eyes. Open your eyes. She snapped them open and looked directly into his glowing, golden eyes. He used only his fingertips to trail a line from her jaw, down across her collarbone, and then down between her breasts. On the way down, he saw a tattoo of a lilac sprig and gently caressed it. Her nipples were so hard they looked like they hurt. He slowly cupped each breast, gently raised them, and bent down, then licked each nipple in a slow, long, heated, and wet kiss. Emma sucked in her breath and arched into his mouth. He pulled back slightly, looked at her, and asked, Is anything besides that clip holding your hair? No. Unclip it and hand it to me, he commanded. Emma extended a hand, grasped, and removed the clip, then handed it to him. Lance trailed his fingers around her side and stepped behind her. He kept his touch light and trailed down her spine. He saw another tattoo on her shoulder and lightly caressed it. Her hair slowly unraveled and uncoiled from where it had been in the clip. It felt like a thick, twisted rope down the center of her back to her hips. He sucked in his breath at the length of it, reached up, and ran his fingers through it to unwrap the coil. It felt like silk running through his fingers. He picked up a fistful and took a deep breath of vanilla and lilac. As he spread it out over her shoulders and whispered, Beautiful. He gently bit her ear, reached around, and cupped her breasts, bringing her back to rest against his chest. At the feel of Lance's chest hair on her back, Emma's shudder of excitement coursed through her. He continued to massage her breasts gently and squeezed her nipples. He nipped and bit down the side of her neck. As he reached the spot where her neck met her shoulder, Emma whimpered and turned her head to the side to give him better access. Lance removed his hands, stepped back, and commanded, Remove your jeans, but leave your panties on. Emma unsnapped and unzipped her jeans. She slowly lowered, then removed them. She stood in front of him, almost naked. Lance sucked in his breath, took two steps back, and whispered, Jesus, I don't think I can do this. Emma whipped her head up and stared at him. You're so delicate, I could hurt you. She lifted her head higher and looked him directly in the eye. Don't judge a book by its cover. I won't break. He looked at her and saw the fire in her eyes, then stepped forward and dragged her to him to devour her lips in a fiery kiss. Being brave, Emma tentatively reached out and placed her hand over his erection and gently massaged him through his jeans. Lance broke the kiss, stepped away, and sucked in a big lungful of air, trying to remain calm. At her confused and hurt look, he admitted, If you touch me, I'm going to explode. Emma looked down 
and waited until Lance got himself under control. She had a hard time convincing herself that he wasn't rejecting her initiations and controlled the tears she felt. After several seconds of just standing there, Emma suddenly dropped to her knees and looked up at him through her lashes. Sir? He looked down when he saw Emma kneeling in front of him with her breasts bare and her hair down to her hips. It was almost his undoing. He reached down, jerked his pants open, and pulled his jeans down and off, then kicked them to the side. As he stood there in front of her in his boxer briefs, he saw Emma eye him and lick her lips. He pulled his briefs down and off. As his cock sprang free, Emma sucked in her breath at its length and thickness, the head engorged, swollen, and deep purple. The vein underneath was thick and pulsed, and there was a small bead of pre-cum on the head. As he widened his stance, he gripped his cock at the base with his fist, looked down at Emma, and commanded, Lick me like you did your ice cream earlier. Emma sucked in her breath at the sight of such a large and turgid erection. She had never encountered one this size before. Not that she'd seen that many. This was only her second one. She just hoped it would fit. She leaned forward, started at the base, and looked up the underside and back down the top side. She made sure she stopped and licked the moisture off the head. Because he didn't say to stop, she continued. With her hands on his thighs, she leaned down and slowly licked his sack, then sucked one ball into her mouth. Lance shoved his hands in her hair and gripped her head lightly as he pulled her away from his sack and commanded, Suck me. She licked her way back to the top and ran her tongue on the underside of the head and swirled it around and up and down. She then sucked the mushroomed head into her mouth. At the feel of her mouth around his cock, Lance felt his release build higher. He knew he wouldn't be able to last long. Emma placed one hand on the base of his cock and squeezed him until he groaned, and then with her hand on him, she used her mouth to move up and down his cock. Lance tipped her head and pressed the side of her mouth and said, Let me fuck your mouth. He moved his cock in and out. As he watched his cock go back and forth, big blue eyes stared up at him. It was the biggest turn-on he'd ever had. He felt his release coming and knew he wouldn't be able to stop it. He said, Stop. I'm going to come. Emma tightened her lips on him and the hand that held him. She brought her mouth down and swallowed harder. As his cock reached the back of her throat, she moaned. The vibration sent Lance over the edge. He tried to pull her head away, but she tightened her grip and wouldn't stop. Emma, stop. Oh, shit, I'm coming. At the first hit of his release at the back of her throat, Emma swallowed and moaned. She took all his release. He dragged out of her mouth, and she licked him clean. Then she sat back on her haunches, looked up at him, and waited. Lance stared down at Emma and slowly released one side of her head. He tenderly ran the back of his fingers of his other hand down her cheek and with his thumb caressed her lower lip. He extended his hand and helped her to her feet. 
Once she caught her balance, Lance just stared at her. Nervous, Emma lowered her head and looked at the floor, trying not to show just how scared she was. Suddenly, Lance cupped her jaw, and as he held it in place, swooped down and kissed her hard. Without breaking contact, Lance picked her up, swung around, and placed her in the center of the bed. He followed her down and continued the kiss, then his lips traveled over her jaw. He placed light kisses there, then up her neck, and gently sucked her earlobe into his mouth. At Emma's quick intake of breath, Lance found her first erogenous zone and continued to lick and kiss behind her ear and gently suck and bit her lobe. Please, Emma begged. Please what? Lance whispered as he traveled light kisses and gentle bites down her neck. As he reached the spot where her neck met her shoulder, he nipped her. Emma's hips jerked in his direction. Her head tossed to the side to offer him more room. She kept moaning and begging. Lance liked the sound she made. He continued to kiss his way across her collarbone. At the base of her throat, he trailed kisses down the center of her chest between her breasts. Open your eyes and look at me, Lance commanded. She snapped her eyes open and saw Lance's were yellow fire as they glowed brightly with passion. As he stared into her eyes, he sucked in his breath and whispered, Blue. Your eyes are blue. Then he commanded, Don't close them. He straddled her. While he looked into her eyes, he ran his hands up the sides of her breasts, then cupped and massaged them, leaned down and licked one hard, pebbled, distended nipple. He then gave equal treatment to the other. He continued to lavish her breasts, which drove Emma crazy. She kept lifting her hips and tried to rub herself against his erection, but he held himself away from her. Lance, please, she begged. Please what? Please stop torturing me. You haven't felt torture yet, honey. Lance suddenly sat up, took her hands, and wrapped her fingers around the rungs and the headboard. Keep them there. Then moved down and sat at her feet. He lifted one leg and kissed her instep, slowly nipped, licked, and kissed his way up the outside of one leg. When he got to her hip bone, he ran his tongue along the edge of her panties, and at the other hip bone, he traveled down the outside of that leg. Once back at her feet, he continued his travels up the inside of her leg. When he was at her inner thighs, he spread her legs wider. He placed a kiss at the juncture that her panties still covered. God, you are so wet. He took a deep breath and said, You smell divine. Then went down the inside of the other leg. Once he had kissed both of her legs, he sat back and just stared up Emma's body. Even though he had already had his release, his cock was still rock hard. Emma looked at him and begged, Please, Lance, now. She reached her arms out to welcome him. Keep your hands on the headboard. He slid his hands up her legs, then slipped his thumbs under the edge of her panties and lightly caressed her folds. Not yet. You're not ready. Yes, I am. No, 
You're not wet enough. I don't want to hurt you, and you need to be wetter. Then he gripped the sides of her panties, pulled them down her legs, and tossed them aside. As he looked down at her, he saw her long, multicolored hair spread out against his pillow. Her breasts were firm, high, and full, with dusty pink nipples hard and distended. His gaze traveled down to her narrow waist, slightly flared hips, then to her sex. Once he saw that she was bare, Lance grinned and lowered himself to her. He lifted her feet higher on the bed and spread her wider. He saw the folds of her sex glistening with moisture. He leaned down and licked her, then twirled his tongue around her clit. Lance, yes, Emma screamed at him. He put his hands under her, gripped her ass, lifted her sex to him, continued to lick her and make love to her with his tongue. Several times he brought her to the brink, but backed off and wouldn't let her come. She took her hands away from the headboard, brought them down, and placed them on the sides of his head, gripping him hard. Once he lifted his head to look at her, she growled, Now, Lance, fuck me now. Lance chuckled, got up onto his knees, and positioned the head of his cock at her entrance. Just before he entered her, he ran his hands up her sides, took each arm, moved them beside her head, and grasped each forearm gently. As he held her arms in place, he looked into her eyes and slowly entered her. The head of his cock just entered her now sopping entrance. Emma sucked in a quick breath. Lance had to hold his breath as he felt how wet and tight she was. Her inner muscles clenched him. He waited until she relaxed before he backed out. At Emma's whimpered plea, Lance placed both her arms in one hand, leaned down, and placed his forehead on hers and whispered, I don't want to hurt you. I need to go slow. As much as it's killing me, you're so tight, hot, and wet, I need you to accommodate for my size. As he continued to work slowly in and out of her, Emma couldn't take it anymore. She lifted her legs, wrapped them around his hips, and dug her heels into his lower back. At the new angle, Lance gritted his teeth, still working slowly in and out. That's it, honey. He pulled halfway out and pushed in again. Emma suddenly dug her heels in harder, and as Lance entered her, she lifted her hips up hard, and Lance found himself buried to the hilt. Before he could do anything, Emma screamed as she came. He felt her sex grip the entire length of his cock. It took all Lance had not to go with her. After the ripples and grip of her inner walls relaxed, Lance looked down at her and moved in and out with the total length of his erection. As he entered, he could rub her clit with each stroke. After her first orgasm in three years, Lance didn't let her take the time to enjoy it. He moved in and out with his massive cock. Emma immediately felt herself building for another explosive orgasm. Lance released her arms, propped himself on his forearms on either side of her head, moved her hair away from her face, and kissed her slowly, mimicking his tongue's movements with the movements of his cock. 
Emma broke the kiss, leaned up, and whispered, Harder. Lance was still holding back. He didn't want to hurt her. But at her whispered plea, he sped up. Lance, more. I want more. Harder, deeper. Please, I'm almost there. I need something. Please, Lance, harder, deeper. She begged him. He put his arms around and under her, gripped her ass, and lifted her to get a better angle. At this new position, he went deeper. He put his head in the crook of her neck and tried to control his ragged breathing, but wasn't having much success. Yes, 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 more. I need something. I need, I need. Emma begged. With his hands on her ass, he covered her completely with his body. He pounded into her. As he heard Emma beg for more, he felt her juices run from her. He started using them to coat her anus. As he found his fingers dripping with her juices, as she begged for more, Lance pounded into her, used his thumb, and barely breached her anus. As he did this, Emma screamed. Yes, Lance, that's it. After a couple more pumps, she screamed out her orgasm. As he felt her inner walls flex and grip hard, he couldn't hold back and screamed her name as he let his release go. Before he fell on her, he grabbed her ass tighter and flipped over onto his back, taking her with him. He glanced at her and gasped. Are you okay? Hmm. Lance grinned, and still inside her, he flopped back and passed out. I hope you enjoyed that short, steamy excerpt from Deanna L. Rowley's book, Love Doesn't Exist. I'm Donovan Kane, and you can visit both of us and find out more about Deanna L. Rowley's books by visiting steamystoriesforwomen.com. I hope you enjoyed that short, steamy excerpt from Deanna L. Rowley's book, Love Doesn't Exist from her Love Found trilogy, and I just happen to have Deanna L. Rowley with me today. How are you, Deanna? I'm good, Donovan. How are you today? Very, very well. Thank you very much for letting me read that excerpt on the show, and thank you for being here and talking with me today. No problem. I, I listened to it already, and it's like, wow. That's, <laughs> wow, that's all I can say. Well, I was kind of saying that when I when I read it. You know, you wrote that, right? I, I that that didn't come out of my head. Yeah, I know. It's surprising that because uh, it has been a few years since I wrote it, and it's like, wow, that's. I always think is it to this day. I wrote that book in 2014. I had a job, or I had a a dream. A dream. A dream about this, and in the dream, I had a conversation. And for like a week afterwards, it was, it was like a movie in my head. And wow. I, had, I had never written a book before. And one day my uh, boyfriend went to work. He worked, uh, he was gone from the house for 14 hours a day. We only had one computer and I sat down and started writing. It took 28 days, and I wrote all three books in those 28 days, the the entire trilogy. Oh, my. And I never stopped. 
Um, it, that that's was, amazing. Thank you. Um, that was in 2014, and I never, I had no idea what to do. So I would write the book, print it out, put it in an envelope, put it in a box, and store it on a shelf. Oh, no. Yeah. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. <laughs> so, okay. So you spend 28 days, and this movie starts in your head, and it just goes and goes and doesn't stop till you get it all out, huh? Correct. Correct. And then you write, you write this whole thing, and then you stick them in envelopes, three separate envelopes, I assume, or or was it one long story that later you cut up into three? It was one long story that uh, I cut later cut up into three. Okay, so you've got this massive novel in an envelope sitting in a box. How long did it take you before you realized you had to do something with that? I didn't start publishing until 2020. Six years. Six yes. years that set in a box, huh? But I never stopped writing in those really? six years. When oh, I by oh the time by the time I started publishing in March of 2020, I had 68 books written. <laughs> and they were all in envelopes in boxes on my shelf. Oh my. And um so far I have 43 published oh my and out of those 68 that i had written i would say 20 are published out of those 68 wow so and, I, go ahead well i have to ask what uh two questions first why did they just sit there Deanna, why did you leave them set in a box, all these novels? And secondly, what made you to decide to publish them? Okay. First question. I had no idea what to do. Mm -hmm. I had no, fr uh, no author friends. I just had, I've always, always had a wild imagination. I can see that. I, I can <laughs> I can see that by reading your books. Yes, absolutely. And that's, that's wonderful. And I just had all these stories that I had to get out and um, I type 80 words a minute and my fingers just fly across the keyboard and I would just write, 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 print stuff in an envelope. And I had nobody to ask the next step. What do you do next? Mm -hmm. And uh, finally, in 2019, um, the second part of your question, in 2019, I met Samantha A. Cole oh. at a conference. Mm -hmm. It was in July of 2019 um, at the Calypso Con conference in Washington, D.C. And I went there as a reader. And by that time, I had... Uh, 48 books written. Oh, my. And I was talking to Samantha, and she told gave me a couple of groups to join on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And then in August, the end of August of that year, Samantha opened up her world, and she invited me to write. And she told me what I had to do, not step-by-step -step instructions, but... She guided me. 
-hmm. and was there to answer my questions and everything like that. And um, that was in August of 2019. And she um, published my first book in her world, Bourbon Blaze, in March of 2020. Wow, that's quite a story. And I haven't stopped since. I have my own books. um, And then I've written three books in Samantha's world. Um, I've written four books in Susan Stoker's world. Um, And I, Tuesday of next week, Book six of a series I'm writing in L. James's world will be published. Wow, you just never stop, do you? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, the one that comes out in December, book uh, seven of that series is already written, and L. has it in her things, and I'm writing book eight now that comes in out in February of next year. And then I just finished a book for um, a special project in Elle's world. Wow. Um, and then that's not even counting. Um, oh, God. I probably have 60 already plotted. Um, one of them will be a 28 book series on bikers. I noticed you have a lot of biker books. That's a big part of your life, isn't it? It was. Um, um, my ex-husband and I uh, rode bikes. Um, I rode my own bike for, I would say, six or seven years. Mm-hmm. And um, I just enjoy the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So, well, I, I saw that uh, I, the, the whole thing is just amazing to me. Uh, I've done several of these romance author interviews now, and it's the stories. It's always fun to hear about how people got started in something because I think there's a lot of people out there that would like to do something like this and say, I have no idea how to do that. I don't know where to go from it. But what impresses me is that, uh, for instance, you just started writing. You didn't know what you were going to do with these books. You just started writing and it wasn't for necessarily any reason other than you just wanted to get the stories out of your head and uh, onto paper. Correct. Correct. I mean, I had all these, I mean, because right after I wrote uh, Love Found Trilogy, and I'll tell you right now, Donovan, after everything I've written, um, everything that's still in envelopes that uh, can be published and what I have plotted out to be published, the Love Found Trilogy is my baby. That's your favorite, huh? It's my favorite. If anybody asks me, um, well, what book do you want? would you recommend I Uh immediately go love found trilogy Uh because it's me. That's you. Emma in the book is me. Very good. Um, especially what she moves to North Carolina to do. I wanted to do, I tried doing that. Um, but I found out that uh, it wouldn't, it, it didn't come to fruition and everything I wanted to do to open up my own fabric shop mm-hmm. is written in that book, in that series. 
That's amazing. And that's very amazing. Especially in book three as to how it's set up and stuff like that and what she does with, because um, she doesn't do the traditional things like that. She likes to use old things like old baskets and old crates and stuff like that uh-huh. to put her yarn and stuff like that in. That's what I wanted to do if I ever opened up my own shop. Uh-huh. T- tell us about uh, this, the book that I just read the excerpt from is from book one of the Love Found trilogy, correct? Correct. And it is called uh, Love Doesn't Exist. And correct. Tell us, tell us briefly about this three book series. What's it about? What are the characters doing here without giving too much of it away, of course. Uh, so, you know, folks out there that have already heard the excerpt know what they're, what they're getting when they, when they start this trilogy. Okay. Um, Emma, uh, lives in New York state and, um, her husband comes home and calls her by a different woman's name. And then when she questions about him about it, pardon? That's never good. Correct. Correct. <laughs> and she, she well, he, he was a little bit under the influence mm-hmm. and she she questioned him about it. And then all of a sudden he's it's like six names later when he finally gets the right name. Oh. And she that's when it's revealed that he had been cheating on her. Mm-hmm. And the next day he left for a biker. He was a member of a motorcycle club. He left the next day to go on to um, their week-long vacation. She mm-hmm. did not go. Mm-hmm. But while she was while he was gone, he she moved out, contacted a lawyer, and started divorce proceedings so that when he come back a year later, um, or excuse me, a week later, he was served with divorce papers. Uh-huh. And his his biggest concern about the whole thing was, are you going to take the bikes? <laughs> right. And uh, then um, at the same time, she's going through her divorce. Or, or his, her husband is tell, calling her by different women's names. Um, in North Carolina, Lance is confronting his wife with photos of her cheating on him uh-huh. and they don't get together for another three years because emma is a planner she uh-huh. goes from point a to point c to point z to point g <laughs> and then back and then once everything is done she sits back for a couple of months and goes over it again uh-huh. because it's um Two weeks after her divorce, the first thing she buys once she receives her divorce papers in the um, mail is a lottery ticket. Oh. She wins. Well. And it's huge. Like <laughs> almost 400000 $400 Oh, my. But because of her past, because of her siblings, she asks her lawyer to claim it mm-hmm. because she doesn't want different, um, she doesn't want the vultures to come. Right, right. And then um, she finally 
It's three years later. And well, she, excuse me, the day of uh, she deposits the check, she makes a vow that she would never get married again because as much as she loved her husband, she didn't feel it was the deep, deep love. It was mm -hmm. more of a deep friendship. Mm. And that's where she says love doesn't exist because it's only friendship. Uh, it's see. not, it's not this, um, I will die for you love uh -huh. because she had never felt it. And even with her husband and she comes up with some requirements that she has to have in order to ever get married again. Right. At the same time, she is saying that Lance is saying the exact same thing at a diner in his hometown in North Carolina. Oh, wow. And um, then it takes her three. The biggest thing is when she when she gave her um, requirements, she was hungry. So she mm. said so she said that. Uh, one of the things would be is um, he has to want to eat egg salad sandwich made with Miracle Whip, <laughs> fruit with no strawberries, and plain iced tea. Well, that's a, that's a pretty specific list. Th that's what she wanted for lunch <laughs> that day. And she said, if I can find a guy that will order that, then I'll consider it. <laughs> Three years later, um, well, one of the Lance's requirements is that he wants them to, uh, they have to have, um, he wasn't as specific. He just said egg salad, fruit, and iced tea. <laughs> and three years later, she walks into the restaurant. She orders the meal, but she says it's a little uh, different. And they said, well, we do different. And she put her bag down and went to the bathroom after she ordered it. And Lance, after his divorce, and he moved back to that, that was his hometown um, and where he gave his requirements and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Every Tuesday at two o'clock in the, or every Wednesday at two o'clock in the afternoon, he came in and had that meal. The egg salad, the fruit, and the tea. <laughs> and the waitress had just set it down because it was her order. Right. And she's coming back out of the bathroom and sees this guy sitting there. And he takes a bite of the sandwich and spits it out. <laughs> and takes a bite or a drink of the tea and spits that back in the thing because it doesn't have sugar in it. <laughs> and uh, she turns around and uh, looks at him, you know, yells at him and stuff like that, said it was her meal. And later on, she'll ask the waitress if um, he was a little touched in the head <laughs> because of the way he ate the meal. <laughs> so, and that's, and then right after that, she was there for a meeting to look at a building to buy to start her business. Uh -huh. And she couldn't resist. She made a, um, uh, wrote a note and stopped 
back to the uh, diner and ask the um, the woman that everybody in the town calls Granny mm. um, to give that note to Lance. She had no idea who it was or anything like that. Then they started exchanging notes, leaving them on their windshields and stuff like that until they um, exchanged uh, emails. Well, that's quite a story. That is quite a story. And you can imagine yourself being Emma in that story because you are Emma in that story. Huh? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I went through a divorce. Um, I wanted to open up a, um, a fabric shop. And uh, though I didn't move to North Carolina, but I do live in uh, southwestern New York State. Mm-hmm. So. So the fabric store didn't work out for you, but... Uh... Wow, what a, what a uh, what a journey to get back to that movie playing in your head. It may have been uh, what you thought you were going to do with your life, but what it really was is to take you on this journey that you're doing with your books. Correct. Correct. Well, life is amazing sometimes. And every it, it amazes me that after I've written all these books, um, that. I still see the movie in my head as I write it. Mm -hmm. And I just, and the only thing I, I'm not really a plotter. Mm -hmm. The only thing I really plot is the loose, um, what it's going to be about. I mean, like this special project I just did, um, it was firefighters. Mm -hmm. That was a plot. That was the whole, that was the whole plan to begin with firefighters. That was it. Five brothers that were going to be firefighters. <laughs> and um, that book is going to my editor next week, and it will be published in February of 2023. Oh, that's wonderful. So so, uh, so when you write these books, uh, I see, and I ask too, uh, authors a lot, how, how do you do this? And most of them say, I don't know. It just <laughs> comes out. You know, and uh, it sounds like that's what happens with you. You you uh, you come up with a basic idea and then the movie starts playing in your head. huh? Right. Right. Um, next year. Uh, I am going to right now. I write in under my real name. Mm -hmm. I figure I'm too old to find something different. <laughs> um, next year. I am going to be writing it under a pen name. Mm -hmm. It will be R.L. Dean. R.L. Dean. R.L. Dean. And it will, I have right now, I have one book that I just got back from the editor that will eventually be um, 10 book series. I have an anthology written and I will have a trilogy after the anthology. I just wrote um, Tuesday. I just turned around and I mowed my lawn. It took me two and a half hours to mow my, lawn, mow my lawn and I had to come up with a trilogy or with a anthology from six to 7,000 words that I had 
absolutely no idea what I was going to write it on, but it had to be paranormal. <laughs> and that's what, that's what RLD will be. Paranormal romance. Paranormal romance. Shifter romance. Mm-hmm. Um, I got on the um, mower at the tractor at quarter to one at 3.30, I sat down in my computer, and at 8 o'clock that night, I had 6,511 words written in that uh, anthology, and it's going to be three, four books, and it's, well, no, it's not. Um, oh, wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It'll be about nine book series, and it's going to be about mermen. 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 And, and you... okay, one, two, three, four, five mermen, and their sisters are four mermaids. <laughs> and you came up with all this while you're mowing the yard. Yes, I have two and a half acres to mow. <laughs> <laughs> so I had time to think about it. Well, that's very impressive indeed. Well, we've been talking to Deanna L. Rowley here, and I want to ask one final question. What did you feel like when you saw? that somebody bought the first copy of your first book? Shaky. Shaky? I saw the sale, and all of a sudden my whole body started shaking, and I got goosebumps. And it's like... (laughs) I had heard, I had become friends with a lot of authors. In the meantime, from not knowing what to do in 2014 to publishing in 2020. And then all of a sudden, all these people are saying, um, I'm getting all these five-star reviews. And Mm. it's like, oh my goodness. I mean, really? Is my work that good? I mean, Mm. do people really like what I'm doing? And to me, I'm just thinking, it's just a story that I'm getting out of my head. <laughs> and uh but I mean I was shaky, I was teary, I was excited and had goosebumps and I couldn't settle. Um I did my in order to settle, I did my writing routine. Mm-hmm. And that settles me. Well, that is one amazing story all along the way, and the fact that they your book set in those envelopes for all those years. Samantha A. Cole came by, helped you kind of get your start. And Samantha A. Cole, if you haven't read her books, you got to read those. Uh, I've, yes. I've recorded several of those books for her. And she's just a wonderful author. And uh, I very much appreciate you being on the show here. And thank you for letting us uh, do the excerpt on the show. And if you want to check out Deanna L. Rowley's books, just simply go to steamystoriesforwomen.com. Or you have a website as well, too, right? Yes, it is Deanna L. Uh, okay, so uh, check out her work. Thank you for uh, listening today, and uh, thank you, Deanna, for being with me. You're welcome. Thank you, Donovan. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of me reading Steamy Stories for Women, and I hope you enjoyed the interview and the excerpt from Deanna L. Rowley. She was a great author to talk to, And she has some great work out there, so make sure you check out her books. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast for more steamy stories for women that I read to you, as well as more 
romance author podcast episodes like this one. Thank you for listening. I'm Donovan Kane, and for now, goodbye.